Brothers of Ash, a podcast that explores how Christian doctrine should be lived out in fellowship from a Reformed Baptist perspective. On today's episode, we return again, triumphant return again, and we are taking on a big task and talking about uh, the issue of pornography in the church. But as always, the brothers are here, Chad, Byron, and Jack, making up the triumvirate. So... What yeah, is up? Yeah, dude, it's it's super good to be back. Yeah, we had a good summer, and it was an extended summer. Cool. Yeah. So. Well, how was it? Are you talking about me? Go for yeah. It. Yeah. Um, well, you're gonna talk about yourself anyway, so. Of course. Ahead. Yeah. Sorry, like. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Pick up right where we left yeah. off, on fire. Yeah. Um, no, it was a really good summer. I think we went camping like uh, like six times, and went camping a lot with other friends. Um, not the Ravians, of not course. Not us. Yeah. Not any of us. Maybe next year I'll make the list. Um, <clears throat> anyways, uh, so yeah, camping, and then we, we stopped camping um, at the end of August because Janelle had the baby September, and uh, so now hey, we have hey, our hey. new son, Jacob, um, so we got Blake and Jake, and uh, Blakey Jake is, and Jakey. Yeah, Jake's awesome, um, easiest baby, sleeping a lot, so it's been really chill. Um, it's been good to just, uh, just chill at home, get to know him, spend time with the family, How's going to work? Uh, Back to work. Uh, the first week was insane, man. Um, I was gone for two weeks, and like it was good, but then like that week there was just a lot going on, so it was really stressful. Mm-hmm. And I was also trying to like get home like on time and not spend like nine to ten hours at work or more, trying to get to that like six to eight hour point and come back. And because that was kind of the plan, but um, at the same time, a coworker. Uh, at work had a baby as well and she manages the our, our, our largest accountant in Seattle and uh, so now I'm managing that and uh, so I've been doing all, all my regular stuff plus managing that gigantic account and so it's it's been crazy um, you were gonna say cluster yeah you weren't gonna cluster. say account you were gonna say that giant cluster yeah yeah <laughs> if anyone knows of a massive company in Seattle you could probably guess who the customer is um, but uh Anyways, but I have two great other supervisors along Jeff with Bezos. me that um, that made it really, really easy because um, they did a lot of work. So um, I'm just excited to be a father of two boys, and it's awesome. Um, so as Byron gets tired of me just continuing to talk and talk and talk, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we'll go ahead and shift over to Byron and ask how his summer was, be right. what he did. It and, was good. You know, I'm just gonna keep trying to talk to you. It was good. That's it. That's all yeah, got. it's good. <laughs> Classic. No. Actually, um, you good. turd. No, good. We just uh, camped, uh, you know, since River obviously took baseball off. I know everybody hears about that all the time, but it's like, now he's done. We've done a lot of camping. We did a lot of bunch of camping and mm-hmm. uh, started school. Now the kids are back in school. So that, you know, get into that routine and everything. Um, yeah. Haven't been doing too much. Um, just kind of planning ahead for next year already we're already planning vacations for next year kind of looking ahead to the future <laughs> our house because Liv loves Halloween yeah. our whole entire house oh, is already spooky inside I'll take pictures and That's show it to you guys later <laughs> it's ridiculous our Wait. hand soap is a skeleton hand that holds a crystal ball with oh, that you pump awesome. soap. It's Dude. crazy. Like live loves. So your whole house is like dark crystal status yeah, right so, now. So, yeah. uh, it's drisky yeah. business. <laughs> <laughs> but before before we came before I came here uh, tonight, um, we turned off all the lights because we have these Halloween yellows and oranges and like very fall colored cool. uh, like Christmas lights in our front room around our ceiling in the front room and. Uh, we turned off all the lights and had zombie hide and seek. So you and guys look like Satanists. 
yeah, yeah. Someone was looking through the window, like, "What? What's wrong with that family?" So, Jesus yeah. juke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Mormons don't come over. Anymore. Funny. Um, but yeah, so no, we've actually it's been really cool just getting to spend time with each other and just relax with each other and just really enjoy each other. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Blake's infatuated with spooky. He calls Halloween spooky as well. That's cool. Like, all year long, he actually like he'll bring it up every once in a while and be like, "Dad, is it spooky time yet? I want to go trick or treating." Wow. Just tell us Reformation Day, son. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. Uh, Frankie always asks if he's coming over here, and we say no <laughs> because they don't invite you over. Harsh, bro. So, anyways, harsh. Well, I told Frankie that's and Liv that uh, that they need to come over soon, and it's yeah. up to their dad, and their dad Dude, said no so far. That's so. a lie. <laughs> that's a lie. Anyways, uh, Jack. Yeah, Jack. Any new news? Anything going on in your life? Oh, oh he's got news. <laughs> well, I got news, all right. Um, the Browns? I could... <laughs> <laughs> are better than the Broncos right hey, now? Hey, hey, so hey. Hey, hey, hey. Um, man. Okay, first of all, let's yeah. talk about the obvious, just the elephant in the room that is the Cleveland Browns mm. smacking everybody upside the head. Because everybody... This is Jack's personal life, by the everybody, way. <laughs> everybody gives the Browns crap. Like, everybody on Fridays, like... Browns are gonna lose the Ravens, blah blah blah. Yeah. And then the Browns came into the Ravens' little friggin' house and just oh, smacked them upside the head. Yeah, forty to twenty-five. So that was we needed that. Yeah, we definitely need that. If we lost, if we would have lost that game, see, like the season would have been hard to rebound back. But yeah, well, the Bengals, you have the Bengals in the same division. Bengals are what? Bengals are They look yeah. like trash. Yeah, Bengals, Broncos. So you might have like looking in the mirror. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. So Browns have finally overcome the little butterflies they had in their stomach, and then new job, started the new job at uh, Fort Lewis on third of September. So this mm-hmm. is like that was kind of the end of summer. So transitioned away from that, and now I represent all the schools. So I don't yeah. represent just one school. I represent all the schools. Mm-hmm. I'm the broker. <laughs> That's like broker fighter status right yeah. there. So. It's been good though, so there's a lot of like it's very rewarding. I feel it's more rewarding than my previous job, mm-hmm. cool. and just being back on post, it's weird and different. But I'm wearing like a suit two times a week, just like, and then people are demanding respect of me. Not really mm-hmm. demanding respect. I was <laughs> joking, but anyway. <laughs> so there's good. that, and then. Um, yeah, the Do relationship it. front Do looks it. good. I'm just going to say that. Do I'm not going to go any more into any more details other than that. Yeah, relationship front room, looks good. Like, the elephant in the room is not the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. yeah. It's Hush Jack's, up. Lies. Uh, it's Jack's relationship status, which we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. yeah. I think that's it's good. Yeah. yeah. That's it's awesome. Good. Praise God. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. I think it's awesome. It's good stuff. Yeah. It's always good. Yeah, it's, uh, well, obviously, I mean, I think more than the elephant in the room is the uh i mean i think the biggest issue one of the biggest issues in the modern church is the issue of pornography and how uh we deal with it not only men but now women are dealing with it in that sense and that it is a huge epidemic i would say women have always like struggled with it but like the perception i would say even from the church has been like it's 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 like it's it's a uh, man's problem well, I think they've struggled in it in a different way, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I think men have struggled with it more visually, mm-hmm. and I think women sure. have struggled with it more literarily. Mm-hmm. You know, because I mean the the kind of those romantic novels. I mean, yeah. that's yeah. 
Yeah. Those go into pretty graphic detail yeah. too. So mm-hmm. I mean, that's just as bad as any visual stimulant as well too. So. Mm-hmm. Um, what I, like, I mean, obviously we've all have our like little stats up and everything, and, and yeah. kind of just like looking over stuff. But one, some of the things just uh, I don't want to take all of them, but. Yeah, just even talking about the women and the men that um, are in churches. It's the the statistics of men and women watching pornography. Like, so we have these men and women going to church, mm-hmm. worshiping Jesus in the church, taking communion, going home, reading their Bibles, or you know, supposedly reading their Bibles. You know, doing Bible studies. You know, they're they've got this um, this kind of persona. I don't I don't I don't know how else to say it. Um, that they're that they're everything's going well in their life, but yet behind closed doors in secret, they've got this huge blanket, um, no pun intended or anything like that, just like literally yeah. like covering them and and not letting themselves be exposed to mm-hmm. the falsehood of what you know what porn is doing in their life and how they're just hiding it from maybe people that are really close to them, you know. So one of the statistics that I thought were was really interesting that it says sixty four percent of Christian men. And 15% of Christian women say that they watch porn at least once a month. Hmm. And hmm. if these are people that are truly believers, that's pretty staggering that 64% of Christian men and 15% of Christian women view it at least once a month. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I got that off the Covenant Eyes website, by the way. Triple X Church There's a uh, lot out there. Yeah, no, there's a lot of different things. Um, one thing that I would say is that, like, uh, I, I've never met a guy who hasn't admitted to struggling with pornography. Sure. So, like, I think it's pretty easy to say that everybody has struggled with it at one time or another at varying different levels. Like, um, yeah. for me, it was... Uh, well, before we get into that, I think one thing, too, like, after doing some research, like, uh, there's no, like, clinical um, thing that that says uh, pornography is like an addiction mm-hmm. there's sex addiction but uh-huh. there's like like when they talk about pornography they don't label it as the issue whereas it they basically label the issue as the person desiring sex mm-hmm. and like basically there's sex with people and then there's sex with yourself yeah and some people intertwine you know both like yeah. porn and whatever yeah. and so it's it was just interesting looking at all the um, research, and one thing I saw, um, there was a study done in the UK, because I didn't find much information for the US. There's not like not a lot of studies for in the US, but uh, paulahall.co.uk, they did like a research thing, and um, basically they said up to one in 25 people suffer from sex addiction. Um, so that just kind of puts it out there a little bit um, and then, uh, let's see. Yeah, they just have, like, compulsive, um, heterosexual or homosexual relationships, and, um, basically, like, they just can't stop thinking about sex. Well, I think, yeah. It's almost like doing drugs. Well, obviously. yeah, and I would, and I would say that, um, if you look at, you could say that pornography is gateway, mm-hmm. it's like a gateway into, like, very um, motives I mean I've heard of some guys who uh, they'll keep I mean it's it's fueling this it's like throwing 
gas on a fire, really. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, you start out looking at uh, some seductive pictures, then you start watching videos, and then videos turn into encounters, then mm-hmm. encounters turn into you straight up addicted, going out looking for the next catch and everything like that. Yeah, and so yeah. we'll post some of these resources. But I, I was reading one that like almost every single one it basically said that um people that admitted to having a sex addiction and looked at porn that they felt out of control mm-hmm. and like literally just like that you see one thing it leads to yeah. one another thing and then to another it dominoes. Like, everybody yeah. knows that it's happened to you before mm-hmm. and uh in that moment like you're out of control and i think there's a lot within that with and then you shipwreck your marriage. Yeah. You shipwreck uh, other relationships. It says that you're like three hundred percent more likely to have a, a like a I don't want to say. I'm trying to think of the word. Um. <laughs> Plus, it leads to very risky. Gee, yeah, yeah, sorry. Oh, like, like, adultery. Know, adultery. Thank you. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like committing adultery if, against your spouse. Yeah, if like, you're married and like you have a higher percentage, it's like you're desiring something other than her. Yeah, exactly. Because the internet like has everything you could ask for. Yeah. Uh-huh. And um, after, like once you start looking, you know, you get kind of satisfied and then not satisfied, and you look deeper and mm-hmm. different stuff. And you, I mean, your heart's never gonna be satisfied. It's always gonna thirst for more. So, so if I could ask a question, when? Because I'm sure that there's someone's probably gonna ask. Mm-hmm. When we talk about pornography what are we talking about when we talk when we say pornography yeah are we talking about seeing you know like a youtube ad and and, and like it's like soft core porn or mm-hmm. are we talking about uh watching shows that have you know nudity in it are i would say about like yeah hardcore i would you know, say like, it's I mean, okay so i'm gonna start with this actually um i was introduced to uh pornography through macy's ads you know, every year you get a Macy catalog, okay. your grandma yeah. or your mom. Yeah. If you grew up in the nineties, yeah, you got those giant yeah. freaking phone yeah. book basically things. Man, well, you throwing Chad, it back. Little old Chad would uh, go straight to the lingerie the section. Lingerie, because yeah. yeah. right? Sure. Yeah. And uh, without wearing it yourself, or? right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me and my brother. Um, <laughs> Buffalo Bill status. Right there. <laughs> Sorry, brother, hey, Trey. I'd throw it that in there. Definitely Trey. Boots um, lotion on its skin. So, like, I. That's that's how it happened for me, and then I mean it's kind of embarrassing, but like sure. like like uh, uh, the movie Titanic, like I would sneak that VHS oh, yeah. tape and watch that nude scene. Like that was my first like actual hmm. full on nude scene, wow. and uh, um, so it kind of started there. Okay, and then my parents got like we had a computer, and uh, and so then then it was basically over. Mm-hmm. You know, at that point you mm-hmm. have access to whatever you want. I mean, at that point I I didn't really know much about the internet, sure, and so like. I couldn't really find much and then I started learning so what's what's interesting is like I was homeschooled yet you know the a Macy's catalog and a movie and then a computer yeah. like my own like it wasn't anything that you know someone else was showing me or talking to me about like it was just me being a kid wanting to learn and then enjoying what I was watching mm-hmm. and then sinning sure. yeah and uh, like like I had a sex talk with my dad but like I I just remember sitting in the car and like toning it out because I was so I felt so awkward sure. and like just mm-hmm. like what is going on. Yeah. And I think that I was almost too young because mm-hmm. I, I feel like I was maybe like seven or eight, which okay. maybe is a good age. Sure. But I just I actually have no memory of it. Mm-hmm. I remember being in the car and feeling really awkward 
and I don't remember anything. Okay. That's it. So well, I think that might be good, like even for you know guys like me that have young younger kids and stuff uh, like that at that age, like maybe talking to like you know River, like that's the biggest thing is like for instance like in our house wanting to talk to River about these things because I want to make sure that my kids are prepared and yeah. Mm-hmm. they're going to m- most likely view if I can try and help to not or when they do to be able to have a different yeah. hopefully their heart will be different you know their mindset will be different and mm-hmm. it will hopefully be focused on Christ but you know we are we are sinners so we're gonna anyways yeah. my whole point is like at what point do you tell your child you know mm-hmm. at that age like yeah. hey this what porn is but then you don't want to expose them to it either because I don't want to be the reason or cause that my children start maybe well, why, why does he not want me to I go think there? You just don't you want know, to let yeah. them make up their own definition of what well, it is. Right. Well, I think that it's well, coming back to what you're talking about, Chad, is just educating your kids on what sex is yeah. and then focusing yeah, in on what, like... And what it was designed for. What, yeah. yeah, what it's designed for and then saying... So, and so, then, and yeah. then combating against opposite Culture. narratives, See, so, opposite so, cultural hmm, narratives. Okay. So AKA, you're taking the offensive. Right, well, in our house, like, we talk to our kids all the time, like, ever since they've been really little. Like, they know their body parts. They know that Mm -hmm. boys have different and girls have different body parts also. They understand, like, how babies are are created. You know, they they understand those things, so we talk to them, and we constantly are, you know, reminding them that their bodies are beautiful, but they're not meant to be shared with anybody and everybody, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, And and that, because I also don't want our children, my children, to be ashamed of their bodies either, right, that God has created. So we we do go through those things and, and talk to them, but then at what point, like, I mean, because I can say things like, um, you know, like, there's going to be times in your life that people are going to try to expose you or, or, or show you something maybe that's not appropriate about a young woman mm-hmm. uh-huh. and stuff. And even though all the stuff I've taught you, like, you're one day my kids are going to have to all choose whether they're going to look or not look. Right? Yeah. And then they're going to have to make the choice, do I continue to look at this or do I talk to my dad or my mom about this mm-hmm. and go, hey, this was wrong. This is how I'm feeling. You know, and I just don't, it's like hardest part about that is like exposing them or not exposing them to it. So I know, I know probably some people, if they're listening, probably like, this is how well, you do it. Well, then that's well, what's interesting is I had a friend, uh, and, um, basically they grew up, mm-hmm. um, knowing what it was sure. and that it was sinful and mm-hmm. they knew what sex was designed for as mm-hmm. a gift from God. Yeah. And so that helped them combat when those things would come up. Mm. Um, granted, yeah, a friend on the bus made, you know, showed them something, yeah. but they have the firepower and truth inside them yeah. to then combat it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it's not just like, I'm going to talk to my son about, you know, sex and, yeah. um, just so he knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, I don't, not a knocking at my, uh, knock against my parents or anything, but like, um, I didn't feel equipped to really know what, it was about or, or what dangers were out there sure. you know for yeah. me to watch out yeah. for and to know that like um, you know it wasn't good it wasn't something from God and that this is this is what's out there so yeah. Chad be ready for it and when it comes this is mm-hmm. what you should do okay well so, not, yeah. Yeah, not only that but then having I mean obviously this is coming from a single guy without kids but I mean mm-hmm. <laughs> I would how I would attack it with my kids hopefully one day is just if it comes up there has to be uh there has to be basically a understanding between you and your kids mm-hmm. and that if they see something they need to come talk to you yeah and so i think a lot of us grew up in uh different families where 
sex is something that you don't talk about. Sure. Right. And so, or pleasure yeah. is something that you don't talk mm-hmm. about. Uh, like your mom and dad don't talk about right, that with like you. Super you, you find out it about it yourself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the dangerous part. Oh, yeah. If you don't bring that up, then they're going to find it on their own. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so yeah. you got to engage, you know, your kids just as you, just as the church should be engaging culture correctly. And so, I don't know. I would say no, I if you're engaging, exactly right. if you're engaging your kids and your kids understand that, Hey, I can go talk to my dad about this and mm-hmm. he's not going to throw wrath at me, yeah. but yeah. we're going to have a constructive yeah. me conversation. And, me and Janelle are this. having this conversation, not necessarily about like sex or porn or anything, but the conversation about raising kids is, yeah. um, you know, do we homeschool in the early years? Do we go to public school? And um, friends at church, they actually had their kids in public school the entire time. And they were just telling me, it's like, you know, they're going to be out there um, exposed to it at some point. And what we have done is we've opened that line of communication with them yeah. to feel comfortable enough to talk to us about weird things they saw or heard at school sure. to get the truth from their parents because they're getting the truth from their experience and God's word. And So I, but, so I hear that, yeah. but then when we, not to bring it back always to this, but like, to the stats thing of the 64% of professing Christians in the church and the, what was it, 13 or whatever it was of the women. So it's not just whether it's a public school or a homeschooling thing. It's within the church also. Like, that's the problem. Like, just my example, I was homeschooled and I... Right, and you're still exposed to this somehow. Like, Uh you know, you're you're sending those things out, right? So it's like... um, so, and again, I'm not here to say public school or homeschool because I have a child that is home, ch- children that are homeschooled, and I have one that's public school. Mm-hmm. I mean, two that are public school. So it's like, yeah. you know, so I, I'm neither for or against either. Sorry. But it's like, we, but we can't just assume that if just putting them in public school, like that's where the problem is. Well, yeah. And I mean, also, we're going to have to, you're, we're going to have to create a culture within the church that it's okay to share this and mm-hmm. confess with other people because I think that's a huge barrier to a lot of people it's like I have shame and guilt and I'm mm-hmm. going to get ridiculed and then I'm going to and so your mind so this I know I struggle with this many a times in making false narratives about something mm-hmm. right so like I overreact to something that's going on or something that's happened to me and then I'll make a false narrative and not tell anybody about it and suffer in silence and then when somebody comes out and rebukes me, they're like, you could have told us this and this would have been fine back then. Yeah. I think a lot of people within the church right now are engaging in and watching porn and then yeah. they're not telling anybody about it right. and they're suffering alone and they're making an own, their own false narrative about the church and about everybody who's in the church and around them in their discipleship group or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then that leads them on a on a different trajectory versus, hey, if I if we establish a culture within the church where I know I can go to my discipleship group and confess to them about this and get help, and they're going to walk alongside me and not reject me but love me, mm-hmm. but yet rebuke me mm-hmm. when times come like that, yeah. I think that's completely different than what we're doing right now, which is I consume and then I, you know, go to my corner yeah. and just die in shame and guilt mm-hmm. and not tell anybody about it. Because, I mean, that's happening in different aspects oh, sure. in our culture right now everywhere yeah. mm-hmm. because individualism is 
is ruling right now, and we need to purge individualism out of the church. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So these people are like isolated, but they're doing life with like church people and members, yeah. right? And and uh, well, we know, maybe they are reading their Bibles and yeah. like they're going to church and all that stuff, but like they have this one part of their life that they can't let go. And so the pressure's building, and, and I think all that weight of the yeah. sins on their shoulders. And I think part of it too, the issue with pornography comes back to maybe, like I said, with our family issues, in that um, deep down, the root issue to pornography, I think, is uh, love and acceptance. I yeah. think, in my mind, because if you have parents who didn't love you and didn't show uh, that they cared for you and stuff like that, another idol is going to come along and it's going to seduce you and then your heart is going to go in that direction. And I think pornography has been the outlet to that Mm -hmm. where you don't get love and acceptance from your parents. You're going to go to something else that satisfies you, that deep need. What do you do do with... I mean, I mean, just to kind of push back on that a little yeah. bit. I mean, I mean, we see, I mean, we see in the Old Testament even just like you know God bringing the Israelites out of you know out of exile and you know yeah. out of Egypt and you know they build a golden calf and he's yeah. loving them and providing for them and caring for them. And, you know, how do we mm-hmm. deal with that then with parents that actually are caring and are loving like that will know that yeah I can go to my parents and my parents will totally work through that with me and love me through this, but I'm just. You're just rebellious. I'm just rebellious. Well, I mean, that's that comes full circle to like yeah. the nature of man. Sure. We still struggle with that sin nature in us, yeah. and so that's. I mean, yeah. I'm saying for the majority, I'm saying there's going to be stuff like that too. So I'm not just saying this is exclusive. It's exclusively about acceptance and love. I'm saying yes and. That's mm-hmm. going to be what you brought up, Brian, as well too. So. Mm-hmm. There's multiple different angles. I mean to this issue it's not just um you know people are going to porn to find love and acceptance sure. and to fill that hole they didn't get growing up mm-hmm. it is going to be their rebelliousness mm-hmm. and their licentiousness and whatnot so something that's interesting and like as i've been like reading through some of these studies um like it all points back to sex addiction like your your addiction to sex and mm-hmm. whatever form you are practicing or desiring um but, you know, porn is a catalyst for that, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, it, in whatever form, whether it's a bra ad or, you know, actual full-on hardcore porn. Um, but, uh... So, what if, now, just to um, even go a little bit further when I was talking about, like, you know, how, how to define what porn and what we're talking about, this might rub some people even in the church the wrong way, but shows like Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. As Christians that are professing Christ. <laughs> me, me and Janelle watched the first episode of that after it was out for like a year. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was about a year after uh, I had confessed to her that, you know, I was looking at pornography and all this stuff. It was all around the time that we lost our first mm-hmm. daughter. And uh, my thing of going to porn was, you know, I was pissed at God. And that was the one thing that, like, brought me satisfaction and mm-hmm. joy. Is, is sickening anyways so a year after that you know I'm doing good um, got good accountability um, with Matt and Tim and uh, uh, 
we started watching the show, and I'm like, I can do this. This is good. Like, I love a good plot. Everybody's talking about this show. And we get, like, 30 minutes in, and it's just ridiculous. And, like, I, I was just like, Janelle, we can't do this. Like, I, I, I think we both said it at the same time or something, because we kept pausing and skipping forward, and there was more and more, and we just couldn't skip anywhere. And so we just stopped. You know, we just stopped watching. And it was really hard, like, like a year or so after that, after all the new seasons came out, and everybody was talking yeah. about it. And I'm just like... Yeah this sucks like this show i know is amazing and would be cool to watch um but at the same time if it it's didn't like, have it's this aspect to it yeah, yeah it's like why, why did i have to do that like, blah, blah blah you know um but i eventually got over it and i was just like that show isn't good for me like it mm. it it puts me right back into desiring and looking and then looking at other stuff and like it just for me it was like i can't do this and and i like this is just Chad saying this, and I don't know how other people watch that and don't struggle. Sure. Like, yeah. To me personally, I don't I've get ne- it. Yeah. I've never and watched. I'm gonna call it, yeah. people out and say that like, it's it's really hard to like say this because it sounds super judgmental, but it's like I, I just don't know how people don't struggle with that much nudity and like graphic graphic sometimes. nudity. Yeah, yeah, it's like. Because you're seeing a lot of stuff hanging out and people doing things like mm. it's very graphic. I mean, it's yeah. it's, it's HBO. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the tough part, especially with people in the church, mm-hmm. that you know that they're raving about it. I've heard and people in like, our church talking uh, about this show, and, I, and inside I'm just like, huh. yeah. <laughs> you know, so like, am I supposed to say something? Yeah, I think maybe talk to them and check their hearts. See what, I think see what, I think yeah, and I think the best. It. I think the best way to go about that too is just have a conversation, yeah. um, because obviously throwing out like, I mean, um, the dialogue that's been happening on social media, I don't think is helping at all. Just within the church, uh-huh. so I mean, Kevin DeYoung he put out an article why you shouldn't watch Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then right. ton of people overreacted to that. Sure. The people that watch Game of Thrones overreacted yeah. to that. We're and then there's this bad. Well, they're going. Right. I mean, right. I mean, realistically, we're always yeah. going to go yeah. in the absolute ways in America. It's either yeah. you've got to be absolutely on board or absolutely sure. against it. You Is know? it possible so, to watch that and not struggle with? Them? I don't know. Like the only, would, the only I'm way if people are that strong. The only I think that's way great that if you can do that. The only that's way insane. that I could have watched that show is that if I had some sort of blocker on mm. there in order yeah, to like fast you, forward. Through yeah, there's those like parts. memes about that where yeah. you can watch the whole freaking show in like ten seconds, like all <laughs> all what thirty seasons? Yeah, in ten seconds. But I think that that's, like that's even the joke just. That's out but there. then it's like, but then it, it's something like that. It always feels like then you're towing that line, like you're just kind of playing with it. Like it's it's for instance, I won't watch it because I have had a past of. Mm-hmm. Of watching porn, yeah, right. So, and it's not like those those still aren't mental things in my head that grows and the drawer opens and there's still photos that still pop up in my head and stuff like that still. But watching something like that would definitely cause me to to then go and desire you know porn again or or right. more shows like that. Maybe not hardcore porn or anything, mm-hmm. but like at least shows that kind of like make me desire something more than holiness, you mm-hmm. know. Than wanting to be with God, you know, and, and wanting to love my wife appropriately, because I understand, you know, what porn, how it did affect my life with my mm-hmm. wife, you know, and stuff, and um, how damaging that is, and how heartbreaking it is for my wife to see my wife across from me, you know, crying when I tell her, and then me being like, you know, mm-hmm. don't be upset about that, you know, earlier on, like you don't be upset with this. This is something I'm struggling with. It's not like you, 
But the whole time it's like, but it is your fault that you're causing her to cry because you're the one that's saying you're not good enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not important enough to love and be honest with. And that's, and that's sucks to sit here and say that out loud. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really important that as men that, especially that have wives that we need to address that yeah. with our wives. I so almost watching wanna, a show like that, it's like, yeah. I want to park at that like moment. Cause yeah. I remember that moment yeah. where I confessed to Janelle and then times after that, I would confess little things like, mm-hmm. Hey, I looked at this, you know, this ad and I clicked on it, but then I stopped, Mm -hmm. whatever it was. Right. Um, but in that initial conversation where it was like, I was like, I have done this. I am sorry. Mm -hmm. Like it is leading up to that conversation was the scariest and hardest thing. And it took a while to say no to my sin and truly repent. Right. Cause I had like said sorry before and moved on and tried harder. Yeah told more guys about it so I had more accountability felt good about myself but I wasn't putting the sin to death I was Mm -hmm. just you know just taking it off the surface and I'm good for now but that that crap's gonna creep right back in it's gonna come back stronger than ever and uh so like I don't know my biggest thing that I want to share is that like uh having that conversation is difficult you know with your significant other or a close friend um but what comes after that after you experience the forgiveness that Jesus the work that he did on the cross and mm-hmm. then he rose on the third day. Um, like that weight off your shoulder is just everything. And, uh, to be able to walk forward in that is, uh, is so freeing. Like, yeah. I think that mm-hmm. like putting that sin to death was probably the most freed I've ever felt. Mm-hmm. Um, cause when I became a Christian, like you still struggle with sin and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, but porn was like the big thing for me. Like it was hard for me to, uh, to go about my day with like you know when I was younger and growing up and all that stuff like it was like every day all the time like I literally was addicted like it was a drug like it was Mm -hmm. bad and um it helped explaining that to Janelle because she could kind of understand where I was coming from and then be able to help me but then there's only so much like your wife can do that's why you need a brother Mm -hmm. you know to come alongside you and sometimes more than that um but but yeah, at that point, you know, I stopped trying to do my little defenses and uh, I went on the offensive mm-hmm. against, you know, porn and really yeah. started building myself up in the word and with other people uh, and then put me, did certain things with my phone um, uh, so that I wouldn't be able to. Um, and what's funny about all that, too, is like we all know the way around those things. Sure. So it's not like that's the ultimate thing that's stopping me, but I am getting on the offensive to Uh put it to death because Mm -hmm. for me it is a daily battle Mm. right yeah so it's like it's 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 not to say it's like the thorn in my side if you will but like that's what i was saying before is like god if you plagued me with this like addiction Mm. it's a lot Hmm. i just need to put it to death well yeah i think well i think there's two things that need to happen i mean we're not going to be able to put that to death unless you know, we rely on the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. uh, to help us in that. But then we do have to behold Christ and his glory as well, mm-hmm. too. Because I think in Reformed culture especially, mm-hmm. we talk about, oh, puts sin to death before it kills you and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And we like to use that quote a ton. And it starts to get, like, to the point where I feel like sometimes it's like, okay, so it's on you to do this? It feels like a little bit... 
like we're trying to be Arminian. I'm just saying, like, it's like you can't, like, okay, the paradox is, yes, put sin to death. But the, the beauty is, is that you're not, like, you're doing it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But then on top of it, you're doing that as well, too, because you're beholding Christ and that he's better than that, too. Mm-hmm. So there needs to be, I don't know, you kind of have to draw that out a little bit more on, you know, what it means to put sin to death. Because everybody has the picture of the one-on-one battle or the knight versus the dragon sure. kind of imagery versus it's a little bit more than that, you know? Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you talking about the church just makes me think of, uh, um, just back to what we were talking about earlier about uh, the, uh, just the church like not wanting to talk about it, making it this thing that is like the elephant in the room. And um, I remember the church I grew up with, uh, I I was only there through like my younger years, um, but it never really came up. You know, you just kind of talk about sin in general, mm-hmm. and the porn thing is like. Is like we we're, we're not going to even talk about what it. Why do you why do you think it in a, in the church? Why do you think it's so hard to like talk about this? Because it because it's, it's not preached up on the pulpit or I mean, what what do you why do you think that's I think it so... goes back to gospel culture. Hmm. Explain that. Uh, so gospel culture is going to equal uh, gospel doctrine. So if we are so take for instance like John three sixteen right. Mm-hmm. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that he who believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life, right? So gospel culture is if we take John 3.16 mm-hmm. and we are applying it in the church, that should radically change how we're looking at these different issues, mm-hmm. right? So I'm just I just started to read this uh the gospel by ray ortland the little mm-hmm. nine marks book and he talks about this he talks about gospel culture uh will equal gospel doctrine and so if we have that gospel culture then we will behold christ and know that he's the son of god and know that he's forgiving us mm-hmm. that will get down deep into our bones and that will produce more gospel doctrine and love for that and so I think the church just needs to adopt more gospel culture. Because um, if that happens, then it's much if that easier happens, to talk about. Because, well, it's going to produce forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It's going to produce a culture in which you're open with one another. Versus I think right now our culture is don't talk about stuff until things get really bad. Mm-hmm. Sure. don't talk about stuff until the wheels are falling off yeah. right yeah. we're still adopting kind of the whole um pull yourself up by your bootstraps mentality we're kind of like mod- like cannibalizing that with other different things in our culture and then kind of passing it off as oh well this is kind of christian this is mm. this is biblical you know when in essence like you just need to like <laughs> burn that thing to the ground (laughs) Um, and just like say hey here's the issue guys like and I mean I think I I mean I deal with this with men all the time uh, in my discipleship group because it's a men's only group it's like hey listen here are our values and this is rooted in the gospel like we need to confess this to one another like we cannot 
with you know we cannot withhold sin and this is a place to do that because you are with your brothers you're not with strangers here yeah. Yeah. Um, now I take that back because one guy in my discipleship group is not a believer but the majority of the guys in that group are Christians and so I think taking it from the whole individual aspect of it and saying hey you're fighting it's like your family is trying to help you out here so it's like an intervention kind of but it's like it's like hey it's like stop like stop struggling in the corner sure. and realize that there's like a whole group of people that are trying to come alongside sure. you and love you through this mm-hmm. and yeah we're going to rebuke you and we're going to push back on you like that's the whole point of being a family yeah like especially like in God's family in the church like that's going to happen like yeah. just know that's going to happen yeah. uh and um I love this um I shared this with my DG uh, tonight as well too. It it was a lyric by Show Baraka, where he said, "Last time I checked, like we worship a perfect God and we don't have a perfect family." And so, or he promised us, uh, he promised that he was a perfect God, but that we wouldn't have a perfect family. Something along those lines, and it's true because yeah. we don't have a perfect right. family. Right. The beauty is, and the gospel culture that should be running through it is, is that. Christ has redeemed us and that he's made us brothers and sisters by his death on the cross and that there will be redemption, there will be forgiveness, there will be restoration by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, But the perfection is to come. It's not right now. We have promises right now that we should hold on to. um, But I think to take the, the cue out of Bubba's playbook from Sunday where he was preaching, it's like feelings don't determine your reality. Unfortunately, our culture doesn't believe that right now outside of the church. Hopefully not inside the church, mm-hmm. but some people will still lean on that, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Dude, that was a lot. Yeah. Sorry. No, that was good. I think it's good just, you know, to sit and chew on that a little bit. I think, I think it's always, um, even in our culture, we're, and I speak for myself, too to hear something and then just respond to something and just go oh yeah here you know i've got a solution or an answer or not sit and think about what someone just said and actually chew on that a little bit and go hmm am i being maybe that um brother in christ that is is being loving you know or or making it and i guess i don't know a safe haven or whatever for others that are have struggled i don't know why i want to use that word struggle but you know are struggling with porn and not is have I made it a cultivated a kind of um, I don't know cultivated like a safe haven I guess for for brothers mm-hmm. and sisters to confess those things and to be yeah. able to be one like one you're going to be held accountable right we yeah. all are because yeah you know if you're confessing sin you need to be held accountable as brothers and sisters but then two I'm also going to love you you know mm-hmm. have has that been you know implemented into the life of you know the groups and stuff that we run and you know, lead. But you know, yeah, we should combat against, I want to say this too, because this has been brought up sometimes, we should combat against some sort of um, spiritual high mountaintop experience as well too. Mm-hmm. So like I've known some people that have struggled with sexual immorality and then they start to like try and justify like really kind of spiritual kind of work, so to say. So for instance, I had one guy 
come up to me and he was telling me about how he was struggling with sexual immorality and lust. And he says, well, maybe I'm, well, you know what I think needs to happen? I just need to be baptized. And it's like, oh. uh, what? Yeah. And it's like, well, I don't think the first time I really was a queer Christian and stuff like that. I'm like, hold up, hold up. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, no, like you trying to fix this yeah. through like taking one of the bath. one of yeah through taking like technically a bath yeah. i mean yeah. old church father would have right. said that too gregory and nestle would have said you just taking a bath you ain't doing anything right. spiritual mm-hmm. at all it's like that's not solving your problem mm-hmm. like solving your problem is accountability yeah. like that's where the rubber's gonna meet the road it's like you were already it's like don't try and justify this with the spiritual kind of you know play mm-hmm. and act it's like accountability it's like if you ain't in the trenches fighting that out it's like you're just putting on a show i don't yeah. know i think there's a lot of people that are uh trapped in that and they're trying to find that resolution that fix yeah and for the longest time that's you know what i was doing i was doing super superficial fixes mm-hmm. and until I was like really honest with myself, like you know, I have this big issue and I need to put it to death. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't really happen until that verbiage in my mind changed to I need to accept that God has already defeated this sin that I'm struggling with, and I just need to embrace uh, the truth that I'm victorious over it through what Jesus did on the cross for yeah. my sin. Mm-hmm. And uh, like that's like it was cool to realize that and. But then after that, you still have to like walk through that entire process, and I still did struggle. Um, but it was totally different because I was walking in the light, and I was honest with everyone I knew, and I um, put myself out there. Like those people also encouraged me to talk about. Like it's not like somebody was saying, "Chad, are you can are you struggling with pornography?" Mm-hmm. It was like, "Chad, how are you doing?" Yeah. yeah. How's your relationship with Jesus? Yeah. Yeah. That, those questions were constantly being asked. And it wasn't for, you know, maybe a year that I was like, I need to be open about this. This, I've I've just tried way too long to defeat it myself. And it's not working. It's getting worse. And uh, a lot of people, when you say, I'm doing fine or whatever, uh asking how you do, how's your walk stuff. You you only fake that for so long. And then people start going like, "Uh uh-huh. Like, you know, they start yeah. like, kind of catching on, like, uh, are you sure? Like, you know, and they start mm-hmm. pushing if you got faithful brothers that keep pushing on it a little no bit. No issue. Right? And then you, yeah, and then you start feeling convicted. Like, people know. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's that consistency yeah. of the the other person asking you how you're doing. Yeah. Um, but, like, just need to let it go and be honest and put that sin to death. That's easy to say, like, right mm-hmm. now. But, I mean, there's people that are struggling with stuff. And, like, I mean... It's not that I'm not like not struggling with any sort of sin right now either. Um, I just think that God has um, freed me from that sin because I've fully accepted His truth, and that like that sin is put to death. I don't need to struggle with it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's things that pop up, and you know the my eyes I can't help from not seeing, mm-hmm. but it's the reaction I have after that is presented where does my mind go what am i thinking about am i thinking further uh you know am i like fighting against that am i choosing jesus in that moment um all those things like come to mind um and you know you just combat it um 
So I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm trying to get to that level where we can like all share, um, kind of like how we are, how we've been victorious over it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time struggling because mm-hmm. like I was stuck up for a long time struggling with it. And, uh, yeah. I mean, my prayer is that I never get to that point again. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's been moments where like things will pop up and, uh, I'll be tempted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a few times maybe I'll look further. Like I can't remember specifics. Right. But, um, I know that I wasn't perfect after that, but like my, my mindset is totally different mm-hmm. than before. Cause before yeah. I would just like, I was like, whatever. All right. Like I'm tired. Um, I've had a long week. I deserve this. Yeah. That was my self-talk. Yeah. Now my self-talk is uh, the Holy Spirit like encouraging me like you're stronger than this. Remember the truth that um, this is not going to make you feel good. Like yeah. you're going to feel like crap afterwards. Yeah. And there's literally no point to do this. Like you see that girl upstairs like yeah. go have sex with her. <laughs> but I'd also say you know? <laughs> with that saying that not to. Uh, yes I agree. Sometimes wives aren't always in the mood, but um, but uh, the thing is, it's not that easy, Chad. Well, well, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not that yeah. easy. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, says the single guy. Yeah. <laughs> See, he's wise. <laughs> but um, it's, just... but I would even say because I I won't mention their name because they listen. Um, but often told this person just because you get married mm-hmm. doesn't mean that this is yeah. going to go away. Just because yeah. you get married and you can have sex with your wife anytime you want or do whatever you want with your wife does not mean that you, if you've not gone to Christ with this, yeah, if you've not not gone to Christ with this and stuff, then you will at your core still seek out porn or anything Uh that brings you to, because when you guys get in a fight or there's something that, well, she's just not meeting my needs anymore. Well, I know what can, you know, and stuff. And you're not going to Christ in this and, and seeking out the Holy Spirit to like really lead you and, uh, you know, give you kind of like that armor you know, mm-hmm. and to like to go to these battles and stuff like that, then you're going to go back. So don't, I'm not saying you are, but I'm yeah. saying even to listeners, just don't mm-hmm. assume that just because you're getting married or you're going to get married, like yeah. it has now fixed everything. Yeah, because it does not, the, not work that yeah. way at all. That's, like, that's like a band aid on a crack and thinking mm-hmm. that it's, yeah. you know, going to heal. It, it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. So, so no, it's very true because, I mean, <laughs> you're talking about dealing with one thing that isn't real life versus another thing that is real life and real life is not easy mm-hmm. but it's real life i don't know i'm just <laughs> man um i thought yeah. i had a point i guess not <laughs> it was real <laughs> yeah so i think what you said earlier jack about like uh, a gospel culture mm-hmm. um like the church itself sets the tone like like you know our our, mm-hmm. our elders have done a really good job of setting that gospel culture and uh, now it's permeating in our discipleship groups that we yeah. meet weekly. Um, and it's really challenging all of us to be very honest with each other. And so, like, that gospel culture has grown and is growing and still has a lot of room to grow. Yeah. Uh, because, like, there's still a lot of people struggling, like, mm-hmm. in our church and in our circle personally, right? Yeah. It's hard to speak of the entire world, but um, yeah. for, for our little corner of the globe, yeah, um, our yeah. little portion of the kingdom, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's there's a there's a, still a lot of like people that um, are struggling in the shadows, mm-hmm. and uh, um, you know it's our job to pursue those people, and it's their responsibility to 
confess their sin. Yeah. And then we walk with them and love them. And so, like, as I'm thinking about, like, yes, like, the gospel culture has to permeate, and that's very important. Um, but the the person and still got to put in work. Herself, right, exactly. Yeah. See, and that's and, and, and that's what I struggled still with for be a long a disciple. time. When I was mad at God and I was struggling with porn, I literally, like, I would feel horrible about it and all that stuff. And I'd be mad at God, be like, God, why, why do I struggle so much with porn? Why is it such an issue? Free me from this issue. Yeah. And like, I, I'd be all frustrated with him. Okay, like, I gave you brothers here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, that's yeah. like we don't think that way. Community. We think like, oh God, intervene, like right now. Uh, it's like I did, work. bro. It's called right. the church. Like, uh-huh. go live out your life in the in the midst of community. Yeah. But we don't want that. We always want. Like especially Americans, well, we always want to Well, because I'm not exposed to anybody. We're exactly. exposed just to God. Yeah, you're my just talking secret. yourself and God and yeah. yeah. And, and, and my I, Bible it's, it's under a tree. That's there totally that way. It is that way. Yeah, it's very easy to confess to God. God, I'm struggling with sin. Please forgive me. Um, but when you're not sharing with other people and walking through that, then mm-hmm. what's going on there? Like, because I did that for a long time. I was I I felt I would feel temporarily good about myself because I was at least confessing to God. But I wasn't telling Janelle and asking her for forgiveness. Yeah. And I wasn't telling the person that, that kept on asking me how I was doing, right? And it wasn't until, you know, I did those things that I experienced freedom from my yeah. sin. Um, I was just trying to, like, just little bits, bottle it up. You know, I'm doing yeah. good. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm confessing, so I'll, I'll, I'll take communion this week. I don't feel bad about it. When the core, it was like, put that cracker down, fool. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's even like even Jack said earlier, it's like that same mentality of just pull yourself up by your bootstraps thing. It's still just like I can get through this. Like, I think that's just God. I'm so good with God right now. Like I'm cool. Us. Like you know, it's, so it's everything's good. Yeah. You know, I've said, hey, I'm sorry, my bad. You know, like mm-hmm. not so nonchalant. You know, because I know there's been times I've been like, hey, like I'm you know pouring out and saying I'm sorry, but then I'm like right back at it or something. You know, mm-hmm. it's just kind of like, dude, like how do you go? How do you go from reading scripture, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this was always something that was always weird to me. Reading scripture, praying, and then maybe 10 minutes, if that, thought goes in my head and I'm, like, wandering yeah. off down into the other, like, little path. You know, just like, yeah. oh, that kind of, what's inter- What's that over there? You know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. And also now my desires are over there. And it's like, weren't you just in scripture? Weren't you just worshiping? Weren't you just, you know, having great fellowship with God and then worship? Worship? Worship. War, war, worship. Like worship, like battles. Right, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, anyways, I'm from War- Washington. Oh my gosh, do you ne- <laughs> hey, never say wor- that wor- ever. But, but you know what I'm saying. You never know. again, Byron. Never. My like family the, does that and hey, they're from here. Hey, it's yeah. like the Holocaust. Never again, dude. Never. <laughs> Still too soon. <laughs> Still too soon. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Like, if you're not truly repentant of that sin, it's damaging. Right, it will straight up consume you, like darkness. Like mm-hmm. it's, it is, and you get stuck wild. in that because it's so scary to like say something. Yeah, you got yeah. you like you, but but the thing is like, you you dug don't be, the hole. Don't be afraid. Like you need to. You need yeah. You dug the hole, but you know there's a way out. Yeah, through Jesus. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But then as well too, we put this kind of mindset like, oh well, only God can judge me go the Tupac status you know and so now and so now we don't value other believers Mm -hmm. trying to rebuke us or trying to help us Mm -hmm. in that rebuke and speak the truth and love 
we're like, man, only God can judge me kind yeah, of mentality. Yeah. So I think that needs to be purged out of our... Yeah, out of, that whole realm of the discussion, too, there's a lot to hit there because, like, in everyday life outside of our Christian lives, yeah. you know, looking at porn is normal. Yeah. And it's, oh, like, yeah. it's like, it's like everybody looks at porn. Yeah. It's not, it's not, yeah, like, like, embarrassing to say, yeah, I looked at porn anymore. Like, mm-hmm. it's okay. Cool. I struck out tonight at the bar, so yeah. I was good. I went home and yeah, yeah. yeah. Was fine. yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, or I didn't strike out at the bar and I came home and I and still, still did that. Yeah. So like yeah. whatever, you know, it's 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 a yeah. Well, now it, it's being used as a tool in marriages too. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, to like uh, I don't. Do you know of any specific like of where that's happening? I've heard. I've, I've had, heard of it I've here heard, and there. Yeah, and it's just like. Why? But don't judge me. So basically what you're saying is that people are using por- pornography in their marriages to heighten... To, the, s- to somehow the rekindle some, si- like some type some kind of, of... Yeah. yeah like yeah. lost love or something or lost... What do you think about Passion. That? Lost passion. Um, I think that if um, you... Well, let, let's just say like I'm doing that and like this so, is what... Me and my wife are comfortable. We I talked say, about it. it. I would agree. I mean, that's straight up. Just stop it. Mm-hmm. Just cut it out. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. Because you're... Because I would just ask, why? Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> I don't know. I, think, I, think, I, I would I think, always ask I think that question. The, I, think, I think that's a good question. Like, why? But the thing is, that takes too long to answer. Like, there, you sit there and it just takes too long. It's just stop it. Uh-huh. Like, it's not healthy. Like, what, it, what yeah. is the... What is that? I mean, if you... Yeah, you're you're no role, longer you making playing, love to yeah. your wife. Yeah, because now you're, you've got the image of whatever's going on. Right. And the thing is, it's like... I don't care if you want to role play. Mm-hmm. If you want to role play, that's fine. Just do your thing. I'm whatever. I don't. I don't care what you and your wife choose to do behind closed doors mm-hmm. in your marriage. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you know, like, including form, including form, like yeah. like don't don't do that. That's not healthy. That's not healthy for you, and it's not healthy for her. You know. Mm-hmm. You know, there's 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 you're not getting like what are you fulfilling in that? Like mm-hmm. that that would just be my question after that at first i just like you're fulfilling your true you say, like, you... desire to right. look at porn and like and make... it's like you're eating your cake and mm-hmm. like you're in like getting i don't know like it's just that's just a strange thing to think it's like strange. do that and yeah view porn or something to spice things up but then what i notice is that like in viewing porn you're being extremely selfish oh and, for like, sure obviously like it's very yeah. obvious right i'm going to porn instead of my wife yeah you know and then, um, then I think after like, it was like, like when we were meeting with a pastor and, um, we were learning about like our marriage, uh, like I learned how I was being selfish in several other area areas, like finances mm-hmm. and time and stuff like that. Um, and it dawned on me through that, like, I need to be less selfish during sex. Like I, I need to be more of a servant and not like think about myself all the time and when you do that you have much better sex mm-hmm. so pucks out of play pucks out of play <laughs> make a jack off right over here Byron's starting to sweat I see um, <laughs> okay I, I would say that how like what are, what are maybe some things that maybe helped you guys or mm-hmm. that helped you guys work through this addiction of, of viewing porn or this sin of you know rebelling against God like what are some things that maybe you guys that you could give to help brothers or sisters that just kind of just helped you out? I would just say, I mean, we've talked about it throughout this whole episode, but accountability, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. accountability, and accountability, vulnerability, mm-hmm. 
um, not being afraid to confess. I think those things are, if you have those, mm -hmm. and, and mind you, those aren't easily um, developed in our culture nowadays, nor they may not be uh, accepted within your different local church. It, it just depends. Mm -hmm. But you're going to have to cultivate those yeah. by the power of the Holy Spirit, or you are going to go in places that will absolutely wreck you. Mm -hmm. um, to kind of to kind of like what Pastor Bubba said this weekend, you're just gonna sear your conscience off mm -hmm. to where there's no point of return. Really, I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how dire you want you know <laughs> me to go into that. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, just that needs to happen. Um, you need to have accountability. You need to be vulnerable and talk about that. Um, and then you need to understand the promises of God and understand that. Um, Fear should not control you into mm. getting help. So, yeah. Um, for me, I think that like knowledge helped out a lot. Like knowing what was going on in my mind and why I was thinking, you know, about sex or porn or whatever all the time, um, and just just processing that um, just helped uh, to just start that healing process, but. I mean, the biggest thing was that uh, just just accepting the truth that I could put this into death and that it could be done, and it wasn't something that like I was stuck with for like forever. And uh, um, what what truly helped was you know people being persistent with me, um, and uh, uh, me being um, extremely open and vulnerable. Mm -hmm. uh, just like you're saying, Jack, I think that those are the keys to. Um, putting sin to death is uh, not isolating yourself, talking to others about it where you're struggling, being vulnerable and open and honest, uh, and then to, to literally walk in repentance, which means to, you know, instead of walking to sin, you're actively walking away from sin. And like, like we know we're victorious through Jesus' blood on the cross, but at the same time, we have to actually pivot our body and turn around and take steps the other way toward God and away from sin. So like that's that's my um, thing that I struggled with was that it was very hard for me to like, um, yes, it's God, but I also need to be on the offensive myself because I want to show God that I love him and that I care for him more than uh, pornography. Mm -hmm. That was the turning point for me. So. Yeah, um, I would say for me, it was very much just admitting that I had this, that I was rebellious against God, that I was mm. being yeah. sinful, that this is something that was hurting my relationship with Him, um, that it was uh, destroying my marriage, my way I dealt with my children. So it was like admitting that I had a problem, that I was choosing to have a problem also. Um, I know some people might push back on it, that's fine. Um, but I did make the choice to do these things, right? To view it. So I had a choice in that. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> But, you know, but it's like, but, um, so, and then confessing and repenting to Christ, um, something that I would say stay away from is don't have an accountability partner with somebody else that also struggles with porn. Don't do that. I had this, I did that and it was so stupid. This, I had a friend that I did it with 
And yeah, man, we'll hold each other accountable. But every other week, we were like, "Hey, how you doing?" Well, this week I was doing it. This week I was just saying. So don't you know? So don't don't do that. That that's that's probably not very bright. And uh, I'm trying to give that to you because I was not very bright doing that. So, um, but yeah, just understand that your freedom in Christ. You know that he he paid a price for for you on the cross. That you're not a slave to sin anymore. You're a slave to righteousness. That you know you are you are built up in Christ because. Of him, I mean, of his sacrifice for us. So it's like, um, yeah, that was that was one of those things. Just coming to the truth and being confronted by a friend that I do now that is a lot older than I am, um, that constantly encourages me, prays for me, um, and just seeking sometimes older men out that have maybe gone through life a lot lot longer and can point to scripture. Um, another thing, it I would say that if you struggle with looking at on your phone by yourself or if you're single or if you're married, um, to not have your phone with you when you go into the bathroom by yourself or mm-hmm. you go into bed at nighttime, like keep it on a mantle across the room or something mm-hmm. if you have a problem with staying up or you know doing things like that. So, um, But I think, yeah, being held accountable, finding men that will come around you, um, not sitting there you know, judging you but will love you through it. Mm-hmm. Um, Plus I think, too, uh, you know, Jesus tells us that uh, – you know, if your left hand causes you to sin, cut it off or, you know, he's using those yeah. as metaphors, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, hey, what if your right hand? Hey, hey <laughs> if your computer causes you to sin, yeah, might have to chuck that thing. Yeah. yeah. Hey, if your yeah. phone causes you to sin, yeah. might have to get a flip phone. Yeah. Right. Just yeah, saying. Sure. Yeah. Mm. yeah. No, it's, it's, yeah. It, it's insanely true because, um, but I think what a price for your heart though, too, because you don't want to just, it's not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Well, yeah. but like, but like, uh, you know, basically, um, it's all about getting on the offensive. Yeah, I agree. and sometimes you got to be okay with getting rid of something you really like, like a nice cell phone. Mm-hmm. Like if you're struggling that bad, yeah, you got to fix yourself because uh, you just got to get rid of it. Um, I for a while was like almost at that point where I was like, wow, is this phone like the reason why I need to chuck it? Mm-hmm. Um, didn't get to that point i just deleted apps basically uh and uh yeah anyways that's good stuff yeah we hope that like i hope that like obviously we all hope that you guys are encouraged Mm -hmm. you know that that this is not we're sitting here trying to make judgment this is simply what we have worked through ourselves right and we're in the same boat with you Mm -hmm. you know however you know Mm -hmm we see God's goodness in how he's saved us from this. Mm. Um, and uh, we hope that you also will not be enslaved to it anymore. Male yeah. or female. You know, that's, uh, we hope that we will bring it to Christ and, and seek him out in that and seek out other fellowship, you know, brother and sister. Yeah, and if you're not in a gospel culture like we've talked about earlier that is like, lives out the, the, the true gospel and experiences forgiveness, like, you might need to pray about um, what you need to say to maybe your pastor or your leader. Uh, maybe you need to be the one that starts that process of yeah. really starting a gospel culture in your gathering, um, wherever it may be, uh, because the Holy Spirit's gonna um, move, and you just gotta trust that. Um, if that's something that you need to do, then we want to encourage that as well. Because I think for me, like being a part of a culture that embrace the gospel so well and is um, preaching and teaching mm-hmm. and leading and um, developing these groups that are safe places to talk 
and you can trust people to build relationships, it makes it a lot easier to do life with other people because everybody's on your same level. Yeah. Everyone's being vulnerable. Um, we're not 100% to that point, uh, but it's it's much better um, than it used to be. So yeah. it's really cool. Yeah. Reach out to people. Mm-hmm. The people that are reaching out to people consistently reach out to people. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, just wanted to let you guys know again that um, we are on a new website. Uh, we're on patreon.com slash brothers of ash. Patreon is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash brothers of ash. And you can get on there and support this podcast, and we will send you goodies for doing so. Um, go ahead and check out the website. All the information Hashtag is on cigars. There. Hashtag cigars. <laughs> some stickers. We're trying to update our logo, too, so stickers may change in the future. Um, if anybody wants to work on our logo, that'd be kind of mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Um, I do have some people that, I can, that I'm going to reach out to to work on it, but if you like to draw, um, we're open to... Uh, getting some new stuff but check us out on patreon and become a supporter today uh, to help us continue push out good content and have better equipment to make this a little bit nicer i'm just gonna say this if people aren't if you smoke cigars right now and if you have not gotten the agonorsa leaf uh night watch aka gray in the farm night watch it's the um it's i don't know I'll know other than say it's fantastic. (laughs) All right. I've been like Uh, dying to smoke a cigar lately. Dude. How much is that cigar? Uh, it's, I think it's like, I I think it's, I think it's seven or eight MSRP. Okay. So it's not bad, but I got a, so I got an artesian bowl the other day. I don't know. Probably nobody knows what that means. It's from La Flor Dominicana, but artesian bowl is super rare cigar. It was at Thunderbird. By the way, I, I'm making I'm making headway with the manager there, yeah. and it is awesome. He was in one of my sister battalions. Wow. Uh, but we were like six or seven years separate. Uh, but that dude, yeah. Anyway, pray that the Holy Spirit would use some some gospel time with that guy. But uh, anyway, I'm just saying, artesian bowl. I got that. Um, also, shout out to. Uh, Josh and Daniel over at the Reformatory. It's mm-hmm. their podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, your boy might be making special guest appearances over there, uh, <laughs> nice. just to say what's up. But uh, that's cool. They're they're doing some stuff, and the uh, the intro is hilarious because it is all of the kind of modern reformed kind of little um, blips in the timeline like they got rc's rc sproul saying how dare you or no not rc sproul but what's wrong with you people and then they oh, yeah, have like so this good. loop saying with old drisky business aka dark oh, crystal saying oh how how dare you and <laughs> <laughs> like this like metal like background oh man oh, fantastic stuff anyway so we'll have to share their podcast on our page i got the sneak peek on the first two episodes and they're pretty okay. daggum good so nice. that's just awesome. saying so we'll share that, and then we'll also share the cigar, uh, and then any other resources that we've covered tonight, uh, we'll try to put on the uh, show notes. Yeah. Uh, so just check us out at patreon.com slash brothers of ash. Thank you. Later. Peace. Peace.